they got their masters in history in his lab and they loved academia went to the you know the PG program and their advisor made them hate academia so much they completely left and went to industry oh jeez and these are people who, who was thinking about professorships and stuff like that right you know so I mean it's not we're really this choosing of the advisor is an essential part of you know your scientific development but also just your overall happiness or grad school grad school is already difficult enough yeah you know so thank you so much for tuning to normal extra smart africans podcast episode two titled advisor matchmaking and what do popeyes and research papers have in common where we talk about how to choose an advisor and how to read research papers for part two just a heads up if you have not watched the new black panther movie there are spoilers in it this episode titled who is right suri or namor trick question it was killmonger We'll be talking about what the movie meant to us and some in-depth analysis about some of the scenes. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Now let's get on with the episode. Hello, hello, good evening. Welcome to the normal Extra Smart Africans podcast. Uh, we're three... PhD students talk about well in the first half we talk about mostly PhD stuff graduate school stuff or even you know whatever like industry stuff maybe one day but um uh, in the second half we talk about like pop culture and in today's episode for the first half we'll be talking about finding an advisor which is really important and a really important skill for grad school or just school in general how to read papers, like specifically research papers. And in the second half, just a just a heads up, if you, have not, <laughs> if you have not watched the movie, I'm giving you a spoiler alert right now. So please, yeah, please. Uh, so watch to like, or listen to like the halftime. Right. You know, but you should really have watched the movie. And like, if you listen, you still enjoy it. So like, okay. you're gonna spoil it. Okay, like I said, like I said, I'm Gerald, uh, DJ Haney, G-Baby. Uh, yeah, um, and I am a doctoral student in Nano Engineering at the illustrious North Carolina a University. So, uh, give another, let, let my uh, other hosts introduce themselves real quick. Appreciate, appreciate. I'm Aurelua Alunge Ore, and call me also known as Donzi, you know, ones and twos, you know, music out everywhere, Apple Music everywhere. Go check it out. <laughs> Back music video. Woo! Uh, I'm a PhD student, second year, studying biomedical engineering, um, in a concentration in tissue and regenerative engineering, um, at the amazing, wonderful North Carolina A&T State University. No, we outside, Nigeria. What's up? My name's Mike. I'm a third year PhD, <clears throat> nanoengineering student as well, at the illustrious NCANT State University, and, uh, yeah, yeah, my uh, my research is more in data and nanotechnology stuff. So we'll get into that later on more. So yeah, awesome. <clears throat> so yeah, first off, uh, so like you get to grad school, and 
most of the time you're going to have an advisor or somebody guiding you throughout your grad school process. So how do you how do you select that? Um, you know, and and this is going to be we're all STEM, so it's going to be mostly based on STEM. Uh, but I feel like a lot of these skills are can, can kind of extrapolate into like, you know, whatever field you are. Um, but um, and you'll see them posted in the video description. But there's a few links that we got just to give like a kind of general overview of how to pick an advisor. And then we're going to go into our own individual stories about how we select our advisor. So um, nature has a really good list. Um, ho- uh, Home and School of Engineering by um, Arizona State University has a pretty good kind of like document on how to pick an advisor. And um, pretty much just kind of like a summary. There's like pretty much 10 different rules you think about when you pick an advisor. So rule one is first, they got to align with your research interests. First and foremost, like they have to be studying something you actually want to study. Um, also seek trusted sources on your professor. Like you want to do your preliminary research, get background information. Um, expectations, expectations, especially when you talk to a professor, like what does your expect, what does your professor expect to have you in, in their lab? And remember, it's a two-way street, so you expect some stuff too. Um, and make sure you, I guess, exercise that. Um, also, work style compatibility, and I think that goes hand in hand with kind of your professor's like personality and kind of like work style too. And also, uh, you need to socialize, meet with current students, meet with past students, um, and don't just don't. don't just don't think grad school. Think what kind of industries are this professor's students getting into? What kind of industries is this professor really tied to? You know, what kind of collaborations do they have? Like, think think farther. And um, also trust your gut in the process. Uh, just really trust your gut in the process. You know what feel is for you. So those are the kind of like 10 general rules to talk about. <clears throat> and as we kind of like talk about our experiences, um, just think about it and kind of like think about kind of what rules we're using when we do think about it, uh, uh, why we picked our advisor. So uh, if you watched the previous episode, I said that I did a lot of preliminary research about these professors. Um, I just kind of looked at all the professors at JSNN. And at the time, I was really into neuroscience and kind of like, excuse me, like biomedical applications. So, but also... I knew that I didn't want any lab that was like super biology heavy um, and still kind of like engineering focused. So the two professors I got, um, I went up to JSN, talked to them, emailed them. They were really eager to like meet me. Um, and it kind of like talked to both of them. Um, and at the time, I think. I pretty much, I didn't, the only, prof, I only talked to one professor about kind of like their expectations and whatnot. And I think I really made a mistake of not kind of, kind of gauging professors' expectations and kind of like their worst style. I think for me, I was just really just eager to get into grad school and then just, he was studying while I was studying. And that, that wasn't like a super huge problem, but it was something that was kind of like, I felt like I didn't pay attention to 
at first. And I didn't, I, it was a new lab, so I didn't meet any of the, the students. Um, but I think what I appreciate about kind of like my professor's work style is he's really hands off. Uh, I, I think I do, personally me, like, you know, uh, relationship to like authority. I do like hands off kind of like professors that kind of let you explore your creativity and um, pretty much like, hey, if you can think of it, there's some there's some money, and let's you know let's see if you can do it. But speaking of money, also again we're STEM focused, so it might not. And this is me not like God complex funds funding does your professor have funding what kind of projects they have what kind of grants is also very important but i do feel like in stem you're not gonna run into that problem a whole you can but you're not going to run to the problem a whole lot so that's kind of like my story and kind of what i was looking at when i was searching for an advisor um does anybody else want to go well uh I think my story is kind of like similar to yours, right? And I, 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 I love the route of like doing the re- research. And I think that, that that's the part that people understand. And some people might not want to do that, but like, yo, let's like face the facts and let's, let's just be real. You know, and be nice to each other, but still be real. Like, if you're going to go into PhD, you have to do the work. You have to know that there's going to be work involved. So if you're not going to do work, you're not going to do research, this is not really something for you. Um, but so you have to just kind of do that. Find in the, the teachers you love, you know, people that you think that their stuff is kind of interesting, kind of cool, or something. You have a crazy idea of what you could do for a PhD. It might sound ridiculous to you, but science, every single thing, crazy idea, everything amazing thing sounded ridiculous at one point. So you, you think someone who might align with, with that, email them, send them, like, hey, this is what, you know, but email them, knowing, let them know that you know what they talked about. For example, like, and it's not that hard, right? You go to the professor's page, they published three papers on photo re- re- resistance to light, you know, and you know, they've been to a conference in this place, you know, and you send them an email, hey, professor, you know, it was so, uh, is, uh, I, my name is this, you know, I, I read, 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 read about you, you know, I've, I've met you first, right? It was a really interesting paper you did on this and this. That was really cool. You said, how did you, this thing, it'd be nice to sit down and talk about this, but I'm interested in going to the program, you know, kind of weave your way in there. Will you always be right? No one is ever right, right? And that could could happen, you know. But the good thing about the program is that even if that happens, you know, you're never left out, which is what I love about it. Um, I had a kind of similar issue with that. So when I I went into the program, I had an advisor, and you know, nothing to say, and nothing to said, you know, she had an amazing advisor, and we started working. Cool, you know, we we, we met because I emailed her, and I was like, oh, this is cool work. I'm jumped in, started working on the project and research. But about one semester in, we kind of found out that okay, it was not really aligning with what I thought, you know, the project was going to be. There were, you know, commission on both sides. You know, it was kind of an issue. And this is something really interesting. Even with that, you know, I was, I wasn't too, you know, put off it to voice it to her, to realize I was like, okay, I love working, working with, with you. I just, I feel like this project is a little bit weird. You know, so we were kind of seeing eye to eye and I ended up having to part ways with that professor. But because I was honest and we were able to talk about this in a good way, like my transition to like, I'm another advisor was extremely smooth and they had to like call, they, they asked her, Hey, well, what, what happened with this student? She was like, Oh, he was a great student. We just didn't work well, well together, but highly recommend you to work. And I knew this student, this professor, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to work at this university. I'm going to see her a bunch of times. I'm going to, you're going to experience people. We're going to experience 
experience those those people those teachers they see as a person they're going to be there for three years four years we're going to see them a lot of time so i know that building a partnership with her would have been you know the hell for me because i'll see her every single day and that would be that'd be horrible right but then now i see her in the hallway we smile we're having a time right we're not advisor advisee anymore but she's a great professor that i worked with now i'm in a department where i feel like it's what i want and now the research is more tied to what I was like, okay, this is this is crazy, right? It's more motivated, mm-hmm. but I had the transition in that in, in in that way. So I feel like it's always good doing your research, but back and also, but but if that doesn't fall through, if it doesn't work out, there are endless possible possibilities because there are so many professors working on so many amazing stuff like at the same time. You know, as long as you're in, you're golden. For for uh, yeah, I think colleagues covered you know, the majority of the things. You should probably keep an eye out for. I think one thing to keep in mind is what type of experimental methods do you want to learn during your PhD? All right, so, you know, if you say you want to study biochemistry, there's a lot of different aspects of biochemistry, for example, right? You can look at the, the pure chemistry side of it or, you know, a heavier emphasis on the biology or maybe even have your emphasis on the computational part, right? So that's chemistry from three different aspects. So one thing you want to check with, you know, whatever advisor you're thinking about joining is, um, yeah, what type of approach do I want to take to my um, to my research? And also you want to look at who are people they collaborate with, right? Because, again, keeping in mind uh, in theme from what was said earlier, you know, you want to think about your future a little bit about what you're going to do after the PhD. So um, I know we haven't touched about it too much, but, you know, there's a thing called postdoc which is pretty much you go be a full-time scientist in a in a lab industry or academia after you get your PhD. And if you establish pretty cool relationships with your collaborators who they who you meet through your advisor, there's a you know, it's a lot easier to get into those people's labs and do postdocs. So, you know, I think that's so that's two. Yeah, that's two. And then I think I would just like to really reiterate about the management style. Because if you if you're the type of person that does better with external structure and explicit, um, you know, wants and desires from your advisor, then you're gonna want an advisor who's gonna want to meet with you pretty frequently and really want to consult with you about what you're doing in the lab <laughs> and so on and so forth. But if you don't necessarily like that, you like a more laid back uh, management style where they kind of give you a directive and they leave it to you to kind of solve that problem, um, then you should probably definitely go for that more often. And again, what Gerald and Ori were saying earlier, to kind of parse that out to see if that's your advisor's management style, you got to reach out to current and prior students. So, <clears throat> And speaking of that, I know Mike had brought up, I think it was earlier, it might have been earlier today, he was like, well, if you look, kind of look talk to the current and past students, right, and you see him going into a certain direction. <clears throat> I think Mike was talking about. Where would you like to go? Oh my God, Siri! <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> if you see, we we'll to go in the right direction. <laughs> all right, that'll be a nice. I'll, I'll keep that blooper. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah. if you see stu- students going like kind of like a direction, or maybe talk to the professor on where he kind of wants his students to end up 
and versus where they actually go, mm-hmm. you're gonna want to investigate that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. and kind of maybe hear your professor or your potential advisor's explanation on why that is to help you kind of like investigate a little bit more. I think um I remember talking to one student for my current advisor, and they were saying like my current advisor like. He wishes he went to more conferences and like, you know, present more papers and stuff like that. I mean, the guy's an interest. He got he was kind of like an academia for a little bit, but he was mostly he just went to industry. I guess he was kind of geared for industry. But you don't want to investigate. All right. It's not fair to say, oh, if more people go in industry, right? Um, if most people go to industry, it's not literally because your advice is one point of your whole thing. It's not the end be all, but like, all right, it's not a professor's fault that a lot of his students go to industry. It could be like coincidence or maybe the nature of the work. Um, but, uh, you know, some professors want more students to go into academia. So maybe it's just like, uh, you know, maybe you be the student who kind of uh, also make it like, we're, we're, like, I feel like regardless of the management style, you should have like a a long plan with your advisor. Yeah, you, know what I'm saying? you yeah. should be honest, as, com- completely honest with the advisor. Like, be able to like tell them exactly what you want. And I feel like that, that's the only way you will honestly be able to survive the PhD program. Like, I, I, and I, I know sometimes if, if if you're a cool person, if sometimes you're like me, if you you're like a nice yes person, you want to just do what they say. And like, and it's cool to follow the advisor and you're like, you're gonna do the plan. But honestly, tell them, yo, this is what I want. Like, yo, I, I want to publish a paper in a year. I want to have something in my name. Like, I want to finish in three years. Like, you need to be honest with them with your goals. And like, tell them, tell me, like, this is what I want, sir. And what do you expect from me? What do you expect from me as a PhD student? And what do you, how do, how can our goals align? How do, and I'm sure a lot of them will respect that because they have so much stuff that they deal with. You know, the last thing they want in their place is not have to worry about the PhD students along with the graduates, along with the undergrad, along with the university stuff, getting funding, getting like marking papers. Like there's so much in that part to deal with. So it's being very blunt and honest with the advisors, like on what you want and the direction that you want to go to would clarify, okay, is this going to be, is going to work out? How are we going to make this work? I need to make your life easier. You know, like, cause I, I feel like the best way to survive, you know, PhD is, is not to work hard, it's to work smart, it's to get things done. Efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, for, I had a, when I was getting my master's degree, it's a professor who I got real cool with, who I right now at this point I just consider him my friend, a good friend, and he runs his whole life. He's a tenured professor and everything, and so he kind of gives me. Um, you know, kind of perspective from a from an advisor standpoint on graduate students, and I think some of the most poignant advice he give he gave me was, your advisor can make or break your PhD experience. You know, and I, I've I've read, you know, on Reddit boards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If if any of you follow on Reddit, there's a page called Lab Rats, I think. Yeah. And it's all people in science and academia labs and stuff, and there's a lot of horror stories in there about how their advisor is just trash. Oh, yeah. And just kind of, you know, kind of, I don't want to say suck the joy from them, but just made science that much more unenjoyable. Miserable. Miserable, right? I think, you know, my professor from uh, my last degree, he said um, that he's had students who loved academia at first. They got their master's in history in his lab and they loved academia. 
went to the you know the PG program, and their advisor made them hate academia so much they completely left and went to industry. Oh jeez! And these are people who who was thinking about professorships and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's not we're really this choosing of the advisor is an essential part of you know your scientific development, mm-hmm. but also just your overall happiness. Oh, grad school. Grad school is already difficult enough. Yeah. You know, so. What's what's the worst story you've heard on um, on the lab rats thing? The lab rats thing? Uh, if you think of it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know if I can think of a worst story, but one common element is always the person who's tasked with training them is is terrible. Okay. Just a terrible person. Mm-hmm. And, their, and their advisor has has no clue about it. Or um, advisor doesn't care. Oh jeez. Yeah, it's pretty like kind of like like they kind of getting hazed a little bit, a little bit. Right. So, for instance, <clears throat> undergrads. You know, you're supposed to train undergrads. You know, if, yeah. if they mess up, they mess up. Yeah. I mean, that's part of why we're here. We mess up too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you first starting out. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then it'll be a PhD student, and maybe um, shaming them. Right. Or you know, just not giving the proper amount of support. Like you know, it's okay, man. We'll we'll fix it together, type. Yo, that actually kind of happened to me. Like <laughs> no, as a as a, Ooh. it was like um, I did like this uh, internship my freshman year after my freshman my freshman year of college at the Center of Environmental Implications of Nanotechnology. That's where I kind of get my start in nanotechnology. Oh, Mark, Mark Wiesner, um, and I just saw him like it was cool seeing him like it was years ago. It was cool seeing him as like a old man and like an older man. He was pretty middle old, but seeing him like as an older man, he's still like hilarious. But I just had to talk about that. But um, kind of like one of my first mentors, and um, the I think the PhD student with me was in his dissertation phase. So, bro, I saw this dude like three times during the whole summer and I'm supposed to be working on a project so by the time and I mean I'm a freshman like I could have figured something out but why when, when you know where everybody had where everybody, yeah it was, it was my job so it's like by the time it's like I had nothing and then I had, he came and helped me scrape together something. It wasn't, it's not really like, I get he's in the dissertation page, but it was like kind of one of those things like, imagine if like my graduation was like, <laughs> depending on it. Yeah. And I saw him three times. <laughs> yeah, I saw him like three times. So I just used to go in the lab and I didn't understand my project. Uh, most of the questions I'd be at, like I, I had no one to ask questions. Like I would ask other people in the lab questions and they'd be like, where's, where's, your PhD, where's your PhD student? I was like, dude, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll just go in there. I think it was the it was the the year after this game called League of Legends dropped. So I'll just go in the I'll just go in the lab and play League of Legends. <laughs> Cause it's like, yo, I get like I was trying. Mm-hmm. I I think like halfway through the summer, I just collect I wouldn't even collect the check, but like I just gonna play League of Legends, man. See, but also like not not to be that was advocate, but I feel like it also because like you were low key like a really cool like 
undergrad, right? And I was to be sad, but I, I, because I, 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 I've heard some, some, some stories like from my friends like in Stanford, and he was talking about like these like two on 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 undergrad students, like these two 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 guys, and one of them like he'd be like, oh yeah, like they, they had this project, and I was like, oh we're gonna, we're gonna like like build this like robotic part, and it's like a big project, so it's like like a robotic robotic arms, so, like you have to do this part that like, has to do with like the extension, like the ten tendon arms, like the electric part, gonna make like the whole skin, and explain the whole thing to them, so they're as basically we're having the whole idea, right? As undergrads, you're just like what is going on it's like so much right it's packed so okay you're gonna learn this part this part so you're gonna shadow me so the first week they shadowed them okay gonna learn from here all right then they came through then the professor was like okay what did you guys learn then they're just like we learned it's a project you know like it's a head like they, they couldn't you know kind of put things there like they don't know like why what what, what 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 to put right so it ended up being like one one of the students got like like to the point where like okay he doesn't know exactly what, what to learn like he's trying to learn this different parts so he would just kind of shadow and be everywhere right the other other student came i was like okay i don't know all these things but it's like is, is there any any di- direction you want him to go it was like the page the page said my, my friend was like, okay cool you take care of because there's a whole arm you take care of the fake f- fingers like you just make the three three d part for the fingers so even though it was a big part big project the whole the only thing that he was like focusing on was the f- 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 fingers right doing the three construction vertical part so at the end of the summer right they are supposed to give this re- report to the committee or like what what they did right it was like three three week thing. And the first student who was first course kind of there with them, and he's like giving the report. He's just like talking about the days they had, and they went to the lab, and how he was shadowing this guy around. And I was just they're like, okay, cool. So that's like, okay. So what was your contribution to the project? What, which part of it did you? He's like, yeah, I was helping out in this part here, and I did this thing here, and he couldn't like pinpoint like one main part of what it was. It was kind of, and the whole idea was like, maybe it wasn't his point, but this other guy was just like, well, I had one part of the project, and my part was to build this skeleton part, and he would talk about that part for like fifteen minutes because that's all he did. For, for three months, like, milk it. Yeah, just milk it. It was like this is all I did. Well, so I'm just <laughs> talking about the design for it. All right, there's both value in like those both sides. Like you do see the the students in the PhD program who actually like want to kind of like pull in and learn from them. And yes, ho- hopefully there should definitely be more PhD students who are there with them. But most of the time, the, as like there are the ones who are just like I'm, I'm just here, you know. Oh, like yeah. I have one year left, and, and sometimes. They, they 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 get they get paid right like some of the right yeah, yeah exactly. like money. I'm I'm just saying, like, so I don't get fine right I don't get fine like yeah, yeah. it's like, like I get it there. but at the same time you kind of like stifling like other people's growth by doing right. that it, it's like it I get it be that. hopefully people try not to be that selfish I was about to ask is there is there ways you and your advisor butt head like of course it's, uh, we're not expecting like completely perfect advisors is there any way like you and your advisors kind of might butt heads um I was trying to think of one well we it's not really like we we butt heads but it's kind of like you know when like you and your advisor might be like the same person (laughs) and it's it's something that's like really like you're like, oh, okay, I can see how this can get also, like, like, and personally, sometimes it's like, <clears throat> and my advisor, and my kid tested this, my advisor, one to, he's always walking around, he always looks stressed. <laughs> he always looks stressed. But you never, you never know what he's doing, but he's just be around walking, 
and then all of a sudden you have an email and it'd be like he got like a 13 million dollar grant so so it's like he's putting the work no one sees him but then I think for him because he has so much on his schedule like and so much the things to talk about and he's not I wouldn't say he's not disorganized but he's he's, he's not super organized um disheveled this Disheveled. I think that's the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's like, like, it's like, I wouldn't say organized care, but like, you don't see any visible, like, organization systems, but it's organized. <laughs> you know, some, some, some way, somehow. <laughs> it's and, not like a, like a common thing among, among Oh, ah, man. Like, it's some professors, like, uh, Dellinger, who just like, that's like, boom, 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 boom. like, it's, yeah, but. <clears throat> Pretty much, so I think since everything's just kind of stuff, a lot of stuff is going on. Everything's kind of jumbled. Sometimes we'll forget about each other. Like sometimes, sometimes I'll be like, "Man, I got like I got a a, a meeting today," and then or like it'll be like he'll be like, "I'll go to the meeting," and then I'll I'll email, "Hey, like uh, where are you?" And then he'll be like, "Oh man, I'm in a conference in California or something like." That. <laughs> And it's like, same. but I mean, but at the same time, because we're the same person, it's not really a big deal. I just communicate, hey, here, here's what I did. And he's like, okay, cool, keep working on it. Um, um, I think also kind of like efficient, where it's like conversations need to be had only when they really need to be had. Like, say if like I need to change the direction on my project, then we need to have like an extensive conversation. But if it's just like something I've just been kind of just working on. Um, I I kind of want Mike to speak on his advice because I had different, totally different experience because I had Mike's advisor for my masters and it was like I don't know it was a lot it was like it was like I would know the project but then there would be like a and it was it's not even a bad thing but there would be a long conversation about there were long conversations pretty much with Bob Curvers it's like short and sweet I. Uh, for my uh, for the advisor I had with Mike, it was like there was a lot of extensive conversations, which I'm not quite sure were necessary all the time. But I think they were helpful. Like something could be helpful, but not necessarily necessary. But I mean, I I don't, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. You <laughs> <laughs> speak up. So the. Just to be clear, the question is, do I bump heads on my advisor? Is that more? Right. And then uh, if you want to touch on what I just said. But, I mean, we're not. Oh, the the long, the yeah, unnecessary yeah. potential? Yeah. Okay. Um, no. I think me and my advisor are pretty good. Our work styles match. Right. Right. You know, I don't, I don't really do well with um, advisors who are extremely involved in my day-to-day going-ons. I kind of, I need an advisor to... Trust me to work out things on my own. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, um, but I mean, it's funny because, yeah, uh, my advisor, he's a really cool guy. I really, I really like him. Um, and it's funny because he'll, he'll admit to this is that some, he does have a, um, uh, capacity to ramble. <laughs> you got to and sometimes yeah, I guess that's the better word. Yeah, ramble. Yeah, so you got you got capacity to ramble, and then and it's funny because he'll catch himself. He'll go, "Well, I don't think anything I ever did. I just said it really makes sense." But 
you know. <laughs> but you just appreciate it. You appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you, you know appreciate him talking to you. It's, you can see how much he cares. You yeah, know what that's saying? true. Like, it was like how much he cares, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I think even after that, his, English is his... Well, I'm not even sure how many languages he, sp- he speaks prior to English, but English is not his first language. Right. So ideas or thoughts that maybe a native English speaker would articulate a little more concisely... He finds a little more uh, roundabout way of saying it. So. Right, yeah. Yeah, okay. Try to extend that grace to him. Yeah. You know. Oh, I think the the last thing I wanted to say about the advisor finding. Another good piece of advice my old professor told me was, I know the MITs and the Stanfords and the UCLA's and the Berkeley's, those names are really enticing. Yeah. Right. But he told me the most important thing is when you go for a PSU program, go for the advisor. Right. Who cares if you go to MIT's electrical engineering PSG program and none of all the advisors suck? Right. I'm not saying they also, but let me say this. All them situations are bad for you. Right. Right. You're just going to be miserable. You're going to want to leave in the first place. So, advisor, again, I just want to read it. Advisors will literally. Just about make or break your PhD program. So, yeah. yeah. It's funny. I think one one thing, besides the advisor, one thing that was super big in choosing a school for me was also the city. I know it's kind of off topic, but just like, <laughs> yeah, like I, <laughs> Hold on. I was like, I don't care how great advisor be. I'm not, I'm not in Wyoming. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be in Idaho. <laughs> well, I, think, I think that's probably more for a, how to choose a PhD program in forget, general. Forget about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, but I have like a like a like a funny story, you know, about like the city and and program. So really when I was when I was coming to A and T for my masters, right? I uh I I applied to so many masters programs. Like that whole year I applied to like nine different programs. I didn't get into any I started getting my list and I was like, hey, um Thank you for applying, applying. You know, I'm very sorry for like it was like three months after I clicked it all. I was like, wow. But it ended up being an amazing year, you know, because like I tra- traveled, did a lot of like crazy stuff. But I applied to ANT in November. My friend just told me about it. Hey, there's a school called ANT. Applied to, it was crazy. No, don't persecute me. I'm not Nigerian. Live in Nigeria for like, but live in England for one. Nigeria for a long time. I don't know anything about this house, ANT. So when I saw right ANT, I was like, oh, cool, Canada. Um, this is dope. <laughs> like in my mind, I saw Greensboro. I was like Canada. In in no way, anyway, called Greensboro is America. This is cool. So I get the years. I was like, yo, bro, I'm going to Canada. I was, I was prepping literally. And then like we looked at the school stuff, and I was just like, oh, that's that's, that's actually North Carolina. That's that's, that's down south. I was like, okay, cool. okay, that's that's not North Canada. Okay, damn. Um, yeah, but no, location played a huge part though. Like coming here for masters was a huge different phase. Like Philly. Greensboro, right? Night and day, kind of like, right? Kind of different fields. But I think that also comes into play when it comes to like the PhD program because being in an environment where you can actually like calm down, have peace of mind, like go out and take take a walk at two o'clock in the afternoon and not being like crazy traffic, like actually breathe. I I, I, I love the city. I always love, love Philly. It's going to run my blood, you know? But like, I, I honestly say being here for my master's program was one of those, like the best decisions, you know? Excuse me, that I, I, I did and I made. So I do feel like you, location-wise, you know, could come 
at some point, you know, it, in, in, in some way, relational to where you do your, your, your PhD. But as, as, as Mike was saying, heavy, heavy on going for the advisor, like follow your advisor. The same way, like, people, like follow the job you want or like go to the job you want or go to the industry, like follow your advisor. Cause if you find an advisor that has the program you want or the kind of skills that you want to get through, bro, sky is just like a stepping stone. Yeah. But, um, so I'll just probably put right here. Okay, a really important, okay, well, poor part of PhDs is reading. And personally, me, uh, I'm a dude, like, it's always funny. I always say I hate reading. But then, I love what I'm reading. I just hate reading. Like, I think for me, it's like, the act, the act of reading is like, the, the worst thing. It's like, oh, you know, it's like, so, um, I guess we'll talk about like kind of how we kind of approach papers. Um, but I think I got really good. I think the one piece of advice that I really got about in grad school about reading papers is before you even start reading, know why you are reading. Like why are you, why are you reading that paper? And it's perfect for me. I know a lot of people who just kind of just read papers because it's like really interesting. Like, like Mike right here, like <laughs> he'll be like, "Hey, yo, I read, he, I'll be, he, no, I read a really real. interesting paper." Though, if there was like, any of I'm, us, you know, like, who we have to dude, bet. just read it for fun. Like, <laughs> you know, no, I'm like gun to my head. I was like, like, "Which which one of your friends would just read the paper just for the fun, for the fun?" No, of I it? really, I really respect Mike. stuff like that. Though. I, I love really, it. It's like, amazing. I was like, I wish I could do that, but I can't. Man. <laughs> like so, for me. Before I even read a paper, I have to know why I'm reading. Before I even read it, I have to know what am I trying to get out of this paper. Mm -hmm. Am I trying to get a general idea? Am I trying to get an experimental method? Of, uh, uh, am I trying to see what this specific paper concluded? Am I just kind of expanding my knowledge, like um, about kind of like a subject? But each paper I read has some sort of purpose, like. I love science, right? I love science, mm -hmm. but I don't love it that much in the context of like reading research papers because research papers, it's not like you read the Wall Street Journal or like some news thing. Like these are like the 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 language is very research papery for the um, for lack of a better word. So I guess I first I I, under, I realized why I'm reading it. And um, I guess like me neurodivergent. Sometimes it's also kind of like physically hard for me to start reading a paper and like um, like follow follow it from front to back. So again, I figure out why I'm reading the paper, kind of skim it, and figure out okay, well, usually they have headers. Figure out which sections I really and really interested in, which sections are kind of aligned with the purpose that I made and I have like a whole color coding system which is, isn't relevant to I, I feel like it doesn't matter because you could pretty much just customize as far as physically reading the paper uh, pretty much just kind of like you know go, you know I have a color system like green means um, if I highlighted green it means like general knowledge about the, the subject field blue um, important pieces of that paper red limitations uh, pink um definitions like just just like random stuff like that but 
I figure out what I need to get out of the paper. And then, um, this is probably TMI, but like literally section by section, paragraph by paragraph, I read the paragraph. What is this paragraph trying to tell me? And I re- when I read the paragraph, I mostly pay attention to like the first sentence of it. And it's a kind of trick I had because like I'll read a paragraph and I'll be like, yo, what was this paragraph about? <laughs> and I'll go read the first sentence. Oh, this is what that paragraph, it's like, it's like, duh, but it's stuff that's like not, stuff like that is not intuitive to me. But uh, it really helps when I do kind of recognize and then uh, kind of read the sections and kind of go through the figures too. I think figures are kind of underrated. I feel like most things, like if you ever read how to read a paper online, like I feel like figures is like one of the last things you, you kind of read, but figures are really like, I would, I would argue because it's usually abstract introduction conclusion. I would, after that conclusion, I would just kind of go through the figures, you know, like I would debate going through the figures. Um, Cause figures really kind of like, especially your visual learner, like really kind of paint the story a lot uh, before you even start diving into like the actual paper. But I mean, that's kind of like how I approach papers. I think that's, uh, I guess, pretty helpful. Um, for I guess personally for me, but how, I guess how do other people read paper? How do they, how do they even feel? How do you guys feel about reaches papers in general? Mm-hmm. No, I, I feel kind of close to you. Like, I, I like the idea of papers. I like the idea of, like, wow, this is, like, knowledge from different people all around the world. Like, just the concept of people just thousands of around, just writing papers on different things that, you know, like, like idea is cool. Do I have to sit down and read papers? Like, I don't, ugh, I don't like reading, you know? I love it like that. But it's, like, I also love the fact that. It's the worst, man. It's, ugh, bro. <laughs> it's just because they just sit down and. I, once I was the crazy part, which I don't, I don't think the good thing is that once I see paper, I just I scan all the way to the end. And I see how many pages first. Oh, <laughs> you can't do that. Man. Yeah, you can't man. Do that. I prepared myself. I was like, okay, this has twenty four pages. Okay, how many re- re- references? Two. Damn. Okay. <laughs> so all paper. Okay. Um. So then half references. I'm like, okay. Then this is this is kind of fine. But I I love the fact that there are so many different modes of tech technology now so i can't give myself an excuse to not read the paper which also kind of makes it a little bit better in the way so wait, 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 like i i i i have papers like i like to read on my lap, laptop right i could download them from like you know our like that's not very right so i have them on my laptop on my screen and then i might get tired of like reading papers like on my laptop right and then i'll go print print it out and now I have another paper that's printed out. So if I get tired of the laptop, when I can close that, you know, I can sit down, lay on the couch, you know, go to a coffee shop with Mike. You know, my car's amazing coffee shop. I mean, it's like really, really cool coffee time. And I can sit down and like read the paper and I can just like mark, mark that up, have some, you know, wings along with that. Cool. And if I get tired of that, I don't even want to read or hold anything. I just literally want to sit down and, and just chill. So I'm mean, just go on a walk and have the paper on my phone. You can have PDFs on your phone. You can have papers on your phone. And if you go to your, you know, if you have any kind of phone, as accessibility functions i can have the phone read the whole paper to me word for word paragraph for paragraph and i just be like oh cool nice now i like hi- highlight that that paragraph it will highlight it and i'll keep going and so there the other ways make it more fun for me so if, and i sit down physically read one or two papers but that day I've, I've read like five or six papers like one or two audio papers something on my laptop real quick in between you know and some papers are short some papers are like three four pages some are annoyingly long but well, some some are de- 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 deceptively long have de- you seen de- the difference oh my long? god bro no, no, deceptively long as in like 
you'll be like, man, this paper's going to take me forever. But by the time you get everything you need to get, it's like, oh, wait, paper's that, over? That's it? I'm going to love papers like that, man. I love papers like Yo, that. Yo, those ones are so nice. Well, I hate the ones where it's like double page, like uh, from the beginning. And then you just like, oh, it's fine. But then they have the figures. But then the figures are all the way at the back of the, have you seen those papers like that? The figures are at the end of the uh, paper. Like so you, you're going to read through, like, it's just like words for like, 14 pages and then appendix of like 6 pages with all the pictures and I'm just like bro it's so annoying like reading this image and then going to the back to see the picture and then going back to the image and going back those ones I'll literally have the, have the whole thing on my on my, on my co- computer rip it out like I'll, I'll print it out and then just put the pages back to back because like, I can't do it I can't do the individual like that that would be yeah. insane well Mike how do you you know for about um yeah I think color coordination is definitely huge for me so I got you know, and that's again for you to figure out as far as what colors you associate with, you know, whatever things help you out. But not definitely highlighting um, certain sentences of the paper. You got a system? I do. Yeah, I got one. Not trying to share your secrets. Yeah, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, just a little, nothing fancy, you know. Some of you reds, right, either a, a shortcoming. Yeah. Or I also you read for um, if I think it is an aspect of the paper that I could intervene on. Okay. You see what I'm saying? What do you mean? So if I think that there was a a result or a discussion point that like, let me step in that I wasn't exactly that I wasn't really convinced of okay uh-huh. okay it's like oh, okay. y'all did y'all, 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 y'all did this thing <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was feeling you <laughs> nah let me step in <laughs> he's like, he's this like, is big mic here that's oh that's interesting like <laughs> like oh yo, I can't like, improve on that I like what is this like challenging the author's right kind of so, like man, oh man right something along those lines see the thing is you got Again, I feel like that's something you gotta like reading papers to do. Oh yeah, no, that's fair. Okay, but then, but then I, I also feel like as a as a scientist, you need to understand that you are you are you are you are banking and you are building on, on work that somebody else has started and worked from. Right. Like there's nothing really known at the sun, and there's somebody that's going to build on your work and start from that going forward. You think of somebody who's going to take from yours. That's how the science world is. You're going to impact someone. Someone going to impact you. How much of an impact are you going to have? The fact that they're going to have an impact is is in, inevitable. But it's what you're going to do with that. And how much of an impact that's going to have. So from that point, I'm just like, oh, it, it's going to be, you know, either oh, but it's like, well, if, if you're going to get my paper, well, like I'm going to marry that. A thousand people get for this paper. This paper like the best thing I, I put out. You know, if anyone's going to hear from it, you know, rather than it. Yeah, that's actually a good good point. Like, like. like Especially if, like, if you interview on it, like, it has to kind of make sense to you before you even, like, you know, like, if you challenge it or kind of challenge, like, then I think that just kind of helps your research a lot more because then it's, like, you know, I feel like that would be good in, like, justifying why you're doing your work, too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think I definitely agree with before you read a paper, yeah. definitely sit down and go why am I about to read this right because right? if you're new to the field just about any paper within that field is going to be good because you're going to learn the language uh-huh. yeah. people use you're going to learn what experimental method is get used right, right yeah. and 
even probably even more essentially is you'll start learning techniques that I used in multiple papers like right. okay, cool along with if I'm going to be in this field I have to know at least how to do this you know right exactly so review papers are awesome right yeah so you know I'm about to say you start learning the foundational papers to the field yeah right and so um I think the the other thing I was going to say right I completely wholeheartedly agree with is read the abstract right because that's where it's supposed to summarize everything yeah Read the abstract so you kind of have an idea about what the paper is, is the question the paper is asking. Then go straight to the figures. To me. For me, I go straight to the figures. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. yeah. I go straight to the figures. I don't really bother dealing with the text. The main part time I will go to the text is if I see the figure... And if you've read enough of the papers, you start, you develop an intuition like, oh, they use this method for this result, mm-hmm. right? But if you don't have an intuition to kind of map what experimental method they use for this figure, then you'll have to read the text to see, okay, what did they use, right? Mm-hmm. But aside from that, but if you have that down, abstract figures, try to figure out what the figures is, are telling you, yeah. right? What's the, what's the data tell you? Okay, and then try to piece together what was the experiment trying to answer. <laughs> then map that back to wherever in the paper they say that's it. You know what I'm saying? So if, if you're completely off base, as far as the way you're interpreting the data, you know, you might need to kind of like recalibrate. What am I doing? Right? But if you see the results, but you come to a different conclusion, then what the authors do, right. that's another point of, you know, potential intervention for you. Okay, okay. But how do you feel about people that, that's it, like similar to that, but they say, okay, read the abstract and then read the conclusion? Um, because there, there, there's, there's this idea that, right, like if, if you're reading a paper like vertical idea, right, you want to see like, of course, they actually they will say what their prediction and hypothesis is, right? Mm-hmm. And in the conclusion, they would say whether well, some, some, some some papers don't defend the hypothesis. Some papers are close to it. Some papers actually, you know, go through with that. And then someone say, okay, if you find the conclusion, and you find out that they did that, then you might now okay think of okay, if they did this, how did they do that? How how did they do that? Excuse me. And then track back to like the figures, you know, that kind of way. Like, does the con- 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 conclusion or discussion come into play in your first? thinking when you look at a paper not really not for me okay I, um <clears throat> yeah but, i mean again i think it, like we kind of keep talking about as far as what you're reading the paper for mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i think because the conclusion is essentially going to wrap up their argument right yeah. and say whether their question was or their hypothesis was right or wrong mm-hmm. but they make all that assessment Based on the results that they get from exactly, so that's mm-hmm. so that's why I kind of go from the abstract to the figures, and then I go to the conclusion. And um, if we have similar conclusions, then oh, okay, well, now all right, see. yeah, okay, we're kind of good. But if we have different conclusions, I like that. Love it. You know what I'm saying? So I guess the precursor here is it has to be so, like you've done the review papers and you know. Yeah, 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 you're gonna. I mean, I think that's one thing you'll run into. You I have, you have a, a good idea about this field before you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, 
minimum threshold level of familiarity you need to have with the field. Mm-hmm. That's whatever you're looking into. To, to and there's like a myriad of like papers out there for you to kind of get into almost any yeah. kind of field you want to. Like there, there, there's no one that says even if you don't know anything about the field and in six months of reading just at least even one paper a day, like you're gonna be good enough. Yeah. To like though, like yeah. oh, you're gonna go to. So yo, that's a, yeah. I think probably one of the, and this is I think this also maps to our advisor searching thing as well. Is I think one of the most important skills for scientists, I mean, really for a person, but if you try to navigate academia, one of the most important skills is to be able to add, I mean, to be able to ask a very specific question, right? Right. Because that's essentially going to be your dissertation is, <laughs> here's this very specific question <laughs> on this very specific thing, and I've got some very specific answers. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's really your PhD. <laughs> so, oh. but in order to ask that really specific question, you need to have a body of knowledge about the field. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. Yo, that, 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 that's so cool. I, I, that's, that's, that's very. Oh, that's, that made me laugh. Yeah. No, <laughs> it ties to like this 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 thing I, I saw on, on Instagram like about like like the PhD. I, can't, I don't know how to describe it. It was like that, yeah. the, the cir- circle the one, circle, right? Yeah. I like it's it, it's so crazy because it's like that, that you push everything you know your mind that's after four or five years that's how the edge it's like okay <laughs> you yeah, there it's funny that was actually in my uh, personal statement because yeah. I've heard that reference before but it says like a bump like imagine like a giant circle mm-hmm. of all the knowledge in the world right? right and then there's a small bump that protrudes from it like a, a tiny bump that protrudes from it. That is your PhD. <laughs> that, is, that is it right there. <laughs> PhD. You kind of stretched it. And just to wrap it up, like, abstract, summary of the whole thing, conclusion, did, did they get their hypothesis or not? I think introduction, I think that was set up the introduction as why, yeah. why, why did we even bother? <laughs> That's an abstract, though. <laughs> That's abstract. Well, the abstract kind of like ties the whole paper. <laughs> but, but, okay, it but gets, the but the abstract is essentially I like the Georgia like like, like cute, 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 cute speech. The right. Nice, it, like, the abstract like, essentially. Hello, guys. Welcome uh, to the <laughs> a super con, a super concise paper. Yeah, that's exactly. What the, that's yes. what the abstract is. Yes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I I would think I would say read the intro if you're new to the field. Okay. If you're new to the field mm-hmm. and you need to know why. This question is even worth asking, yeah, yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah. Go ahead and read the still pointers to you know, look start at the introduction. Your face, the introduction. <laughs> right, I mean the introduction. Dude's the introduction. Yeah, I mean, it's like the introduction is the the white meat. It is of the you know ain't nobody drink, eating white meat. Like you go to Popeyes. Wait, I'm running the risk of, of going off topic. Which here. part of the chicken is the white meat? I, I keep mixing the white meat and dark meat together. Which part is the white meat? The, the breast, right? Yeah. Okay. The breast, the driest part. The dry, if it's dry, it's white exactly. meat. The wing is, is the wing dark, dark meat. Yeah, yeah, I think wing dark meat. Yeah, yeah we see Sorry, that. we're getting off. <laughs> but, but, yeah, you know what's funny? Like, I might be a yes, introduction well. truther because I mean, you guys know me, right? I could be doing something very like mundane, but sometimes there'll be an entire backstory to that very mundane thing. Yeah, yeah. like so, I appreciate. It. So it's like. So it's like... Oh, you're talking about the introduction. Yeah. So that's why oh, I... Pre- okay. That's why I personally... Like, you know... 
Sometimes you see, I went to Popeye's, right? But sometimes there'll be an intricate story about how I ended up at Popeye's. Come on, you, you, you know yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read, read the intro. Like, you got, ultimately, you got to find out the best way for you to read the paper. So, if, so if eating the white meat on the chicken helps you, as insofar as reading right. that introduction, please go for it. It's like, yeah, it's like, hey, Gerald, uh, I see you have some Popeyes. How'd you end up with Popeyes? Well, I woke up this morning and then. Nah, you know what? We gotta start with the Popeyes. Now. Watching this thing on TV, <laughs> I was like, man, I need to get me some Popeyes. But then I went to the. Uh, it, <laughs> I went to the gas station and yeah. then left something. At the gas station? And then I ended up at Popeyes. Oh my God. And you, you heard me tell one of those stories before. Because that's what the introduction is to me. Yeah. It's like. It's it's like it's always uh, interesting because you know? they're all, all they're all connected, all related, and then you might think of something else. It's like oh well, a gas station. Oh, it might have been like some. It's cool tidbits like oh, this researcher in 1984 did this. Like you know, mm-hmm. like I think that information is. I'm a, I'm a I'm a I love useless information. Sometimes, <laughs> just it's great. It's great for small talk. It is. Yeah. You ever you ever heard a professor do like a presentation, and then he'll be the presentation, and then he'll give like a fun fact. That's the introduction. Uh, you know what I'm it's, it's not like, the introduction. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, yo, by the, hey, by the uh, way, like fun fact. No, no, no. A guy so, by the name oh, of <laughs> a guy by the name of so and so randomly did this. No, and, I feel like, and you know exactly okay. what I'm talking but, about. It, it, okay, but let's say this is people ha 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 be like cancer introduction. We just be like. 17% of the population of the world, right, is healthy. But after that healthy, there's only 2% actually die from yeah. this particular cancer. That's what I like. Prostate cancer <laughs> is the one that, and you're just like, okay. Like, it sounds like a news reporter is about to tell you, like, about corn, and you've never heard about corn before in your life. He's like, what did you think was the biggest producer in this production? You would never know. It's actually, and then it just. <laughs> You guys, you, guys, you guys don't like small talk. Like, no, it's like, cute. I swear to God. It makes talk. me like, it's my, it's, it's, it's my, ha, it's my happy, happy place in the paper. Like, I go there and I'm like, aww. Like. Small talk. It's like, hey. It's like having a nice little conversation before you get to the figures. Mike's like, Mike's like, my God. Do not talk to me. Like, I, I already like see. Like, the figures. I already see a subject for a future podcast episode. <laughs> Are introductions necessary <laughs> in the paper? Should we stop? <laughs> should we get rid of these? It's like, should should people who like small talk be put in jail? <laughs> or like, Why <Wow>, escalate? <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>